Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is good to be with you. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com. My special guest today is Jeff Driscoll. His football career rose to prominence at Haggerty High School in Oviedo, Florida. He threw for 4,844 yards and 36 touchdowns during his high school career. He was a Maxwell Football Club National High School Player of the Year and the Gatorade Florida Player of the Year as a senior in 2010. And that's just the beginning. He was heavily recruited, accepted a scholarship to the University of Florida where he played for Coach Will Muschamp. He started as a sophomore, and then the following year he broke his right fibula in a game against Tennessee and missed the rest of that season. He was granted a release from Florida and completed his final year of football, college football at Louisiana Tech University, where he passed for 4,026 yards with 27 touchdowns in just one season. He's smart. He's hardworking, as evidenced by his completion of an MBA degree during this period and a strong Wonderlick score. He was drafted by the Boston Red Sox right out of high school and then eventually the San Francisco 49ers in 2016 when he joined the NFL. This is his sixth season in the NFL, and he recently signed a contract with the Houston Texans. He's married, has a young daughter, and he's one of the good guys, and I'm happy to welcome him to the podcast. Welcome, Jeff. John, thanks for having me, and thanks for the introduction. Well, that, that's a long one, and I left out lots of interesting things, so I want to ask you to tell your story because it's it's interesting because I, I did not know until a couple of days ago that you lived in Japan as a youngster. So I'm wondering if you would just tell us who Jeff Driscoll is and how you grew up and that sort of thing. Yeah. So you mentioned that I lived in Japan. I lived in a smaller town in Japan, Sasebo. So it was a little port town. Um, and we were over there because my dad, he was a Navy guy, he enlisted when he was 17 years old. He skipped his high school graduation because he was at boot camp and um, he served 20 years and we're super proud of him for that. Or, you know, kind of even back going back, you know, even before my dad, both of my granddaddies were also in the Navy. So kind of a, a strong military presence in our family. So, I mean, some people, you know, think I'm kind of serious discipline and I think that's kind of where it comes from just being raised with a military background. Discipline is expected, but, you know, my parents raised me, like I said, with discipline, but but loving. So great family life, great support system growing up with my mom and dad. They're married, still married to this day, live in Oviedo, Florida. And they, they did a great job raising my brother, Jason and I. But yeah, I mean, my, my story goes, kind of goes into the, into the sports. I played baseball growing up. Is it uh, true? Started, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is it true no. that in Japan you had a nickname and it, it was <laughs> was it was it Godzilla? Is that true? That yeah, yeah, that was it. I played on like the 12 year old team when I was like nine years old, and I was one of the bigger ones. 
you know, if not the biggest one and, and three years younger than everybody. So that, that <laughs> name kind of, kind of stuck when I was over there and it's, you know, it's kind of a funny deal, but you know, great experiences over there in Japan, something that, you know, I'll take with me for, for the rest of my life. But yeah, I was always into sports. That's what, you know, allowed us to meet people, especially over there in Japan. We couldn't really communicate besides baseball, you know, we'd kind of point and learn different words and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I played baseball growing up. It was my first sport. Pretty good at it. I started playing football in seventh grade. And the reason I started playing is because all the kids at school would wear their jerseys, and I wanted to wear one too. Uh, um, so that's that's kind of what got me into it. Is it is it true? Um, is it true that a coach put you on the defensive line at first? I did. I did. I did. I played D line. So it was, when I was in seventh grade, I played on the eighth grade team, and I had to lose weight to make weight for the eighth grade team. So I was, you know, the biggest kid because I was one of the heaviest kids. Yeah. And I played D line cause I'd never really played before. First couple guys got hurt, like in the first half of the first game. So they put me back there at quarterback and I could throw it around, run it around. And you know, the rest is history. I've haven't played anything, but but quarterback since then. But yeah, like I mean, you mentioned, I was, I was highly recruited. That is a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. Had to um, your your phone gets blown up from all these crazy college coaches that you read about, you see about on TV, or they're icons. The next thing you know, they're calling you on your phone. They're showing up at <laughs> at school. You know, during the springtime, you know, you'd be be in class, and the teacher would get a phone call and hey Jeff, go to the office. And it was kind of an everyday thing. There was there was coaches there recruiting me day in and day out. And I can see, I mean, you see stories of kids kind of getting the big head and letting recruiting get to them a little bit. And I, I can see how that happens. You go from a, you know, you're a child still and you're getting all this attention. But that just goes back to my parents. They, they helped me through that process. They kept me grounded. They kept me humble. But with all that being said, we chose the University of Florida and I loved it. I'm a, I'm a proud graduate. Met my wife, Karen, there and a bunch of lifelong friends and let me ask you this about, really about, my experience. about the recruiting thing. And this might be an unfair question. Was there a close second? Was there another school that turned your head or, or was it an easy call for you? No, it wasn't. I was, I was the whole time. I, I say the whole time I was leaning towards Auburn. Mm-hmm. I growing up, I moved around a little bit, mentioned the military and my dad being the Navy. So we moved around a little bit. I didn't really have like a, a favorite college football team. I kind of was just a college football fan. And one of our close friends, they're huge Auburn fans. And we would always go over there because they would have you know parties to watch the games. And I just kind of became an Auburn fan through osmosis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I almost, I almost went there, took a bunch of visits, loved it there, but Florida was just too much to, too much to turn down. And, you know, I'm happy about the decision that I made. Well, you know, I, I know this is a hard thing to talk about, but you broke your leg and I, yep. I, I will never forget. You probably hear this all the time from people who saw that happen. That had to be a low point. I know a little about you from a character standpoint, and I know that you're, you know, that, that introduction that I gave you was not flowery. It is real. You are a grounded young man. I know about your faith and I know, I know who you are, I, I think. And I'm wondering, though, if you would just talk about that injury and coping with loss, your, your goals change in an instant, your expectations change, 
What was, what was that like? Can you just talk about that? Because this audience is young and we all deal with adversity. And yet I went into adulthood. And one of the reasons I enjoy talking to you and hearing your story is I went into adulthood without really being grounded in knowing how to deal with adversity. I mean, I, I learned it through the School of Hard Knocks, but it sounds like you you understood it at an early age. You know, that's that's funny that you say that. I don't think I'd at an early age, maybe college, I was super highly recruited in in football, super highly recruited in baseball. You know, all those schools that were offering me in football wanted me to come to play baseball as well. Was it tempting um, was it tempting to go to the Red Sox who recruited you? <laughs> you know, it was uh it was. It was it was definitely tempting, but I knew there was more for me in school. I knew I had a career in football and football was my love, so I was gonna pursue that until, you know, they told me I couldn't anymore. But all that, all that being said, things were, things were relatively, I wouldn't say easy, but things aligned at an early age. I was always, you know, at the top of my game, best player on the field, you know, top recruit coming in, supposed to be the guy and starting early at a huge school like that. That's winning national championships left, left and right. And then you at times don't play that well. And then after that, break your leg and you're out for the year. So that's, that was really a low point in my life. You know, I, I, I don't think I handled it the right way at first. You know, I was down in the dumps. You know, I thought my purpose was gone. My identity was tied up in football mm. and, and producing at a high level in football because that's kind of what I'd been hearing my whole life was, I mean, you're this football player. You're going to make millions of dollars playing playing pro ball. Well, and, and if you, you want to perform well at that level, I'm sorry to continue to interrupt you, but if you want to perform well at that level, it has to become your life to, right. to a degree. Yeah, I mean, you can. There's a difference between spending, spending your time, you know, giving everything you have uh, for excellence, and it becoming your identity. That's right. And I think early on, it did become my identity, and it really took the sport being taken away from me to realize that if my identity is tied up in my performance, it's that's not a good thing. Because I mean, things can change. I could never play a snap again if you know the injury doesn't heal up. So, I mean, I really, I really found my faith during that injury and it's, it just goes back to the people and the, the people who are around me, especially at the university of Florida, there's a guy named Don Malden. He was kind of the, the pastor of the team or the chaplain of the team. And I was just sitting there, leg broken, couldn't really move that well. And, uh, he kind of cornered me a little bit. He kind of, before I got injured, was like, Hey, I'd love to talk to you. would love to speak with you and you have time. And I kind of blew him off a little bit like, yeah whatever and i never made a you know attempt to talk to him but he 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 caught me when i was vulnerable i couldn't i couldn't walk away from him because i couldn't move so he sat down and i mean we talked for hours and hours and i gave my gave my life to christ right then and there and you know guys like don i knew that story but i didn't know his name and it requires and i'm sure that living life since then you've probably been in that position yourself where Living the Christian life is something that we do as Christ followers, and then there are these moments where you got a chance to really impact another person, and it sounds like he made his business doing that on, on that team. Well, he did, and he, like I said, he he pursued me so many times, and I blew him off, and finally I was like, you know what, Don, if this guy Jesus that you're trying to tell me about for a year and a half is all that great that you're willing to continue to get blown off and keep pursuing me, then I'm willing to have a discussion with you and 
Yeah. You know, I would like to say ever since I've, you know, given my, given my life to Christ, things have been easy, but that's, as you know, that's just not how things work. That's exactly um, right. But you can look, you can look at things with a totally different lens and just know that, you know, it, it doesn't matter near as much as maybe I thought it did before I gave my life to Christ. Well, yeah, I get that. And there's a tendency that we, we all have, I think, as, as humans, to respond to God's love at some point. It's overwhelming. And uh, I knew that was part of your story, and I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I, I reached out to you, and this, this is kind of redundant, but back when you moved over to Louisiana Tech, I felt sorry for you because I thought you were the guy who was going to be at Florida for a couple more years and win some national championships. <laughs> and I really felt strongly about that. And, you know, we all kind of have our favorites and, and, uh, and pull for a certain quarterback here and there. And, and when it doesn't work out that way, I thought, man, this guy must be devastated. And I sent you a message on LinkedIn way back then. And you responded with this really kind response. And I thought, who in the world is this guy? And then I saw later that you finished your MBA Talk about just for a minute, and I mentioned your Wonderlick score in the introduction, and because I, I wanted the audience to know you're a well-rounded guy, and you know most NFL quarterbacks are smart people because you have to be, don't you? And, oh yeah, and you, I, get a, you get a lot thrown at you, <laughs> <laughs> and and all the reads and everything else. But I'm just wondering if if you would talk about the that guy that responded to me, the way you treat people with respect, the kindness, the character this you've got this you got this inner calm that that is really impressive and and i i hear you that you you probably had a difficult time after that big injury and i know life hasn't been perfect since then but where does that kindness and that character and that inner calm come from is that is that uh, more of a function of your upbringing you know i've always i've always just thought it's just as easy to you know be kind to somebody as it is to be mean to somebody it's it's easy for me to be nice to people because i know that that's how i like to be treated i like easygoing conversations i don't like things that are too formal or too heavy and that's kind of just the way that i've always been but uh, i always try to respect people as much as i can obviously you can catch anybody at a time where maybe they're upset or maybe they're having a tough day and it's a little bit harder to respond kindly or or be nice to somebody but uh I mean, I, I do my best uh, to be nice to anybody that I encounter, you know, one, because that's just, you know, part of being a Christian. And two, you never know, you know, who you're talking to. You never know what kind of relationship you might be able to build or what might happen down the road well, due right. to just due to being nice to one random person that you don't know. You never know what's going to come of it. So well, I, I do my I do my best to, to try to give off the as good of a first impression as I can with everybody that I come into. Well, and I think you do it yeah. well. You do it very well. I, while I'm geeking out and uh, throwing all these compliments at you, I got, I've got another one that, you know, when I look at your career, I think of the word, and you probably get tired of hearing this, but tenacity and refusing to quit and fighting through adversity. I mean, you're, you're an immensely talented guy. There's no doubt about that. And you're, so you got the physical skills, you're smart enough, you've won all the awards, but you're tough you've got tenacity and, and you refuse to quit and fight through adversity. Talk about that to a generation that maybe struggles a little bit with that. And I'm sure over the years you've seen teammates and others struggle with that. 
How do you do that? What's your mindset that allows you to just keep going? Yeah. So you, in your introduction, you talked about all the awards and all the cool stats and, you know, being in the league for so long, you didn't mention that I've been cut three times. I wouldn't, I, got. I wouldn't do that. To and, you here. Right. No, but that's <laughs> part of competing at a high level. And when you have dreams like I do to play in the NFL, to be a starter in the NFL, to win a, to win a Super Bowl, to play until I'm 40, then it's not always going to be easy. I could go out and get an easy job and never get fired, but that's not what I think that I was called to do. So, I mean, I, I try to, I'm trying to have a, as long of a career as possible and it's not easy at this level. But if I were to ever for a minute, put my head down and not continue to work as hard as, as hard as I can, then I would have been out of the league a long time ago. If I would have quit yep. the first time I got cut, I'd have been selling insurance right now and not being on this podcast, being able to, you know, communicate my story to young people out there, like you mentioned. Yep. So, yep. I mean, it, it, it's encouraging for me to be able to share a story of overcoming disappointments, overcoming injuries, overcoming, you know, being cut. And maybe you have that thought, like, am I good enough for this league? Am I done? Is my, am I, is my playing days over? But, you know, I think that, you know, I was called to, to do more. So I'm yep. excited to go into my sixth year and, uh, you know, just, just looking forward to getting going again this year. Well, and part of that tenacity is, you know, new coach, new system. I, I would assume you're excited about that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great organization, great group of guys here in Houston. And uh, I'm excited to hit the ground running and, and compete again. You know, last, last year wasn't the funnest year due to the COVID stuff. It was hard to get around your teammates, yeah. hard to get to know them and interact. So this year we have a little bit more flexibility to do so. And, uh, it just, it makes everything better when you can be around the guys, especially when the guys are, are, are quality people like, uh, like the guys in Houston are. I've got just a couple more questions and I'm going to make them kind of quick here for the sake of time. But, a a wise student of mine told me that one of the challenges of their generation is the speed of information that comes at them. And I was thinking that when I knew that we were going to have this opportunity, that as an NFL quarterback, life has to come at you fast. The fact that you can even, you know, have this conversation with me tells me you're disciplined and plan your time well, but how do you stay grounded? How do you, how do you kind of slow life down? Could you just comment on that? Because I think that's a real concern that the last couple of generations uh, seem to have things uh, that they seem to struggle with. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about being well-rounded, and that's kind of something that I that I pride myself on. My first, you know, one or two off seasons in the NFL, you have a lot of time off. So during the season, you are go go go, and then after the last game, we'll see you in five months. Enjoy your off season. Make sure you come back in good shape, and then you you have nothing to do for five months or six months. And I didn't I didn't know what to do, so I kind of just hung out and kind of let five months kind of sneak by. And then after that, I kind of had to learn how to use time management skills, had to learn how to, you know, purposely structure a day. And that's kind of where, you know, I've kind of taken off the last few years is, is being intentional with my time, you know, waking up early now that I have two daughters, you know, to get some dedicated time, you know, to, to read the Bible, to, you know, think about what I'm going to do during the day to prep for the day. 
um, and still get everything in that you need to get done. So I think that, uh, you know, I've come, I've come a long way in that. Mm-hmm. And that, that allows me to have free time to do things like this when I get the opportunity. So I try to, I try to be efficient with my schedule and just glad to be able to do things like this. I don't really remember what the question was, but that, no, you, that was my initial thought. <laughs> no, you, you, you got it. It was how, how do you stay grounded and how do you, how do you kind of slow life down? And you just named all the things. I mean, I, I, my career has been a totally different path cause I'm not good enough to play in the NFL and never, never uh, have been or will be, but those principles work at, at most anything. I, if, if you're going to live a good life, a successful life, following Christ, getting up early and reading scripture is an important part of my life too, but setting goals and, and trying to make your, your time commitments conform to those goals is huge. You know, not, not everybody has the physical and, and mental ability to be an NFL quarterback but we can all live a successful life. And you just named some of the keys, but talk about this just for a minute, because you, you valued education and, and that, that might've come from your parents, like you said, at an early age, but I was surprised that you, uh, in spite of, you know, playing football at a big school like Florida, you were able to graduate. And then you went on to uh, Louisiana tech and got your uh, MBA. If, if I remember correctly, Mm-hmm. And so you made that a priority, didn't you? And did you do that in a in a year or so, that degree? Yeah. I mean, being a, a college athlete, you know, things are kind of tailor-made for your success, but you still have to go out there and you got to go to class and you got to study and you got to well, get let, the grade. Let me, let me rephrase the question. For, yep. While passing for over 4,000 yards and, and, and scoring <laughs> a bunch of touchdowns, I mean, that, that takes, you had to learn a new system. You had to learn new players and coaches. I mean, you're a gifted athlete, but still, you had to work hard. And while doing that, you got your MBA. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's correct. I mean, we all have choices with our time. We all have 24 hours in the day. I remember when I was getting recruited, I was in like, I don't know, 10th or 11th grade. He said, there's three things that you can do in college. One, you can get good grades. Two, you can be a good athlete be a good player for your team and three you can party because you can do two out of those three but you can't do three and if you're going to play here we're going to pick the two for you and that kind of that kind of always stuck was i mean there's there's a lot of options and that that doesn't just go for athletes or sports that's anything in life we all we all have that's right. uh, choices with what we do with our time and it's about how you maximize your time and be efficient with it is really gonna make a huge impact on you know your success moving forward all right, quick closing questions, lightning round. How how have OTAs gone for you, and what are your thoughts going into your sixth season? OTAs were awesome. You know, OTAs is just the time to get to know your team, get to know the system, get on the field and run around a little bit, knock some rust off. Yep. Uh, so that when you come into training camp, you can hit the ground running. So I'm really excited to for getting going. You know, my expectations are to go out and compete and have a great camp and compete on the team, but also have a really competitive team and go out there and try to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's the goal each and every year. And if your goal isn't the Super Bowl, then you're in the wrong profession. That's exactly right. All right. One last question. And it's kind of a dumb one, but I've had it answered by other NFL athletes uh, casually, socially over the years. I'm curious to what your thoughts are. The adjustment from high school to college compared to the adjustment from college to the NFL? 
What? Yeah. What, how, so, would you, how would you describe that? High school to college is easier or harder or college to NFL is the speed the issue? Or could you just talk about that for a minute? You know, I think it's a different, they're both like exponential jumps. They're both huge jumps, but I think the difference from college to the NFL is more because you still have the same unbelievable athletes, the best of the best athletes out there, but it's also the smartest players, the most disciplined players, the guys that, you know, know how to not just be athletes, but be football players. And then you, you uh, combine that with having no other responsibility all day besides perfecting your craft and continuing to get better. It's, it makes it hard. Everybody, everybody gets a lot better in the NFL, I would say. Yeah, because of the time commitment and resources and everything else. Yep. And there aren't any yep. slouches who get to play in that league for five minutes. You know, it's the other thing that becomes clear. There, there are a lot of, yeah. a lot of different body types. A lot of some guys are. I mean, you uniquely are are a big guy who can sling it, and you're fast, and you're smart. So, you you're, you've got a little, you know, kind of the triple threat going. But there, there are some other guys. You know, there there are Doug Fluties who get to play in the league for a while too. Yeah, if you're if you're talented and you know. Uh... And you can be productive. They'll they'll find you. That's for sure. Well, this has been a blessing. You've been so gracious with your time. I know this audience appreciates you. It's an honor to have you here. I bet you just made a bunch of Houston Texans fans, and I know you you've made a bunch of Jeff Driscoll fans. And we are just uh, delighted to have had you. You're one of the good guys, and it's easy to pull for you. And I've uh, felt that way since uh, I remember hearing about you when you signed with Florida and through the through the ups and downs, you're, uh, you're that same gracious guy and you give God glory for your life. And that's, uh, that's important to this audience and hope you have a great camp and a great su- season. And thank you again. Yeah, John, thanks for having me. Thank you for the kind words. And, uh, it was an honor to be on your show. All right. Thank you so much. Folks, we'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, go to Relentless Truth, wherever you order your podcasts or johnwarrenmedia.com for more information. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at johnwarrenmedia.com on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.